Welcome to uh, another episode of uh, 50% Facts, where um, every once in a while we actually get it on the stick and have a guest. Maybe and- you'll learn something, <laughs> since normally you just listen to us, and we're not, uh, well, at least I'm not smart, and I just talk a lot. So now we bring smart friends on. There we oh. go. To head somewhere. Now the, now the pressure is on. <laughs> Label me, labeling me as smart. I don't know. I've read a lot of your stuff over the years, man. You, you know what you're talking about. Uh Tony and I met online. This is Tony Gentlecore, by the way. Hello, uh, everyone. Let's say like like a, a forum or something, you know, because I know it's cool to meet online now, but when you guys met online, oh, it was weird. It was yeah, a it forum. Was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, funnily <laughs> enough, you know, now that we're since we're starting on this topic, when I got married, my wedding party was Eric Cressy, Pete Dupuy, Dean Somerset, all three guys, all three guys I met online. Oh, of course. <laughs> and yeah. the joke was, oh, you know, these are three of my best friends that I met online, and at a time when meeting people online was yeah uh, a little dicey, a little questionable, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So yeah, when 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 Jim and I met, yeah, I think you mentioned 2004. It was it was it was starting to not be weird, but yeah. it's still a little weird. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, so originally, the like I've noticed that there are camps of people who met on uh, bulletin board systems in the early 2000s. There were the people who were on the bodybuilding.com forum, you know, Elaine Norton, Elaine Norton, Alberto Nunez, Alan Aragon, those, those folks. And then the people who met on the T nation forums. So it was like the dark side is what you guys are. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are definitely (laughs) the dark side. So like you, Cressy, Roman, Joel Marion. Yes. Yes. Uh, the, yeah, I remember it was, uh, it was New York City we all met for, um, if I remember, I think it was Patricia Smith. Yeah. If I remember, that was her last name. Yeah. She was competing in a, a bodybuilding show. Right. And uh, we uh, we all, a bunch of us congregated in New York City to cheer her on and then, you know, meet one another and eat lots of dead animal flesh and, you know, whatever shenanigans we did that weekend a while ago. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. remember it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, I Didn't we go to a I think we went to a game. Did we go to a game? It's like you, you, like my family and you and and Justin. We maybe did we? Well, I remember driving to Boston to to go to a Red Sox game. Um, I don't remember going anywhere in New York City. I don't remember that either for sure. Everything's this is all so long ago. Who knows? I don't want to age you guys, but I was a freshman in high school, (laughs) and I feel old. I, I think a- I think Alias was the number one show on TV at the time. Like we're talking, we're going way back. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, uh, like Eric, like Roman, like like you, like uh, you all uh, st- basically started off writing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you started writing yeah. for for T Nation and for whatever. You know, men's health. You've kind of been everywhere. That's that's at least yeah, what I found. I, you know, I had no. I often joke. Uh, if my maybe my 11th grade English teacher knows that I went on to become a, a pseudo writer, but I, I I had no aspirations to be writing when I was in high school or college. It just it just kind of fell into my lap. I mean, Eric was my roommate for two years. So, yeah, uh, I think, you know, being around him for so so long and he was a workaholic and always working on something Uh you know, and I, I was reading a lot of articles on Teen Nation and Men's mm. Health. And I was like, you know, I could probably say that in a little bit more of an entertaining fashion. Uh, there's only so many ways you can talk about scapular upper rotation and not bore someone to tears. <laughs> so I was like, you know, let's let's do that. But maybe add in some like Lord of the Rings references. And, <laughs> right. You know, right. You know, and and uh, l- let's see where it goes. And yeah, um, you know, my first I think my first article on Teen Nation was published in 2006. Of course, like everyone at my my first submission got denied, uh, but eventually one st- stuck, yeah. and then I was able to get into that rotation pretty heavily for, it, I, mean, I want to say about a decade. Um, I haven't been writing for them as much recently because, as you may, I know Jim knows. I don't know if Mike, you know, like having a kid is. I don't um, know. <laughs> takes 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 a lot of time out of it uh, takes a lot of your free time away. But uh, but yeah, you know, writing. You know, certainly I, I I can be into that camp of like Eric and Mike Robertson and John Romanello. Yeah, we all kind of came up as writers together in the industry. Was that kind of the industry norm? Because um, now it's so weird. Like the online niche 
which is a topic I want to get into later of how you guys met and stuff. And, and like Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, podcast, whatever it might be, is kind of the step of trying to become, they say, you know, influencer, but really an online coach or an mm-hmm. online presence in the fitness industry. From 2000 to 2010, did you know that, oh, if I become a writer, if I go this path, it'll allow me to elevate my career a little bit? Or like, did you know somebody that did it? Because for me, I started reading bunch of T Nation just dug in probably around the similar time, 2007 to 2010. Mm. And I never, and I was training people at a local gym or whatever, but I was 19, 20. And in my head, I'm like, damn, I'm a moron. I'm never going to write anywhere. You know, like there's yeah. no chance people are going to listen to my dumb ass. Right. So like, what's the thought process for you when you first started getting into it to think like, oh, writing is my next step to whatever you may think your end goal was, or you just liked writing or you just thought they sucked and you wanted to talk about Lord of the Rings? So, uh, there, you know, there's a lot of the ladder that goes into that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, that's kind of how I, I walk, walk my life, too. Like, you all suck. I think I can do this better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, you know, truthfully as well, I, I'm an introvert through and through. So writing, the writing and the writing process is very cathartic for me. And it's a way for me to kind of be in my own head and kind of get away from it all. And um, my writing process is not fast. Uh, and it still isn't. Yeah, I, I think I'm a much more efficient writer now than I was in my early career. But my process is still somewhat slow. And there was a time where I thought that that meant I was a bad writer. Mm. Um, but the more I, the more I, the more uh, books and uh, articles I read on the writing process from other authors like Stephen King and so on and so forth, um, uh, who wrote Bird by Bird, Anne Lamont, uh, you know, I. I read more and more that some some people are just very slow writers, like guys like uh, John Romanello, who's who we already brought up. He's someone that can just type away on his keyboard and like do this massive brain dump, then go back and edit. Yeah. I'm someone that that legitimately goes sentence by sentence and like repeats the sentence until I find the next like decent sentence that goes along with that. And um, and much but that like whole that. process it can take me. Sometimes it takes me an hour, two hours, sometimes three to write like a, a pretty good article. But that that three hours, I'm like an introvert heaven <laughs> and, uh, where I don't have to like talk to anyone. I don't have to be around anyone. I just have like my deep house music on and I'm just I'm just tapping away on a deadlift article or whatever, um, you know, and yeah. And eventually I, I, I got a nice rhythm and a voice and a style that people equated to me, you know, especially on Teen Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of a lot of why I was a good fit for Teen Nation in particular was when I when I published my first article or when it was published, T.C. Luoma gave me a great piece of advice. It's like, you know, people people want to learn. That's what they come to this site for, of course. Right. But they want to be entertained. Uh, and once he said that, I was like, fuck yes. Like <laughs> if I, you know, if, if I can be the guy that's like talking about squat mechanics and then talk about the matrix, uh, yes, let's do it. <laughs> and Because uh, I, I just found that that was just the way to keep people engaged. Because um, nowadays, I mean, as you know, like you mentioned Instagram and TikTok, like our attention spans are like, yeah. I don't know what it's down to now. 30 seconds, 10 seconds. I I don't know. 30 yeah. seconds um, seems long. Five yeah. seconds on TikTok hits. Yeah. It's, I swear. It's crazy. If you can do it's something crazy. in five seconds, yeah, it's on. It's crazy. And so to answer, to answer your longer question, no, I did not start it with any aspirations of I was going to become like this influencer person. I've never labeled myself an influencer. I don't consider myself an influencer. And I, I think a lot, a lot of it is luck, like in that. I started writing and using social media to promote my writing pretty early on when other when a lot of other coaches weren't. I mean, when I started writing and having a blog, the only people I could recall that had that were Dan John, Mike Boyle, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Scott Dixon. Um, Legends. And I have to kind of probably think and raggle my brain a little bit longer, see who I could come up with. So... You know, and like, you know, Eric was writing at the same time. I was Mike Robertson. We started our, our respective blogs together and we and, and that that's kind of s- stuck, um, which is great because I, you know, I'm at a point in my career now that I've been around for so long. And I've written a lot of blogs and articles. So, I mean, people kind of sort of know my name. And when I do write something, it, it generally will get read. I don't have to, like, push too much. Mm-hmm. But. I'd be lying and saying like it's getting tougher and tougher because I've always I you know I don't envy 
upcoming fitness professionals in the industry trying to make a name for themselves. Because yes, while it's while it's never been easier to get your stuff out there and in front of people's eyes, it's never been harder for it to be actually absorbed and read and 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 paid attention to. So, and that's where I feel having a, a style and a voice and and being in an engaging writer and I, and this could be also go towards YouTube and making TikTok videos, et cetera. That's not my vibe. Uh, that's that I, I abhor <laughs> doing videos <laughs> that, you know, you know, I look at stuff like, like Jordan Syatt does. Like I cannot, I can never see myself doing that style of, of information. Like he's, he's really good at that. I am not, I'm more like just give me a laptop, give me a, a coffee, uh, a, a, a coffee shop to do that work on and, and I'm happy. I feel like you guys really blazed the trail for Jordan Syatt to be successful. I think that you guys oh, like... Oh, well, that's, that's, that's a compliment. <laughs> well, no, well, I mean... <laughs> well, he, he interned for a Cressy Sports Performance. I know, there, yeah, so, I know. And, and you know, I, like, so I kind of saw it in real time. Yeah. yeah. Everybody that we like know and trust know who who you are. It's yeah. like we don't deal with anybody <laughs> who doesn't know who Tony G. Is. Well, I'm the first to kind of downplay myself. Like I've yeah. never been a self promoter. That's not that's that's not even my style either. Um, yeah. But thank we, you. That's a that's a nice compliment it, to hear. It's absolutely true. There's no yeah. no. A lot of you guys influence a lot of what I do, and I don't know if you want to put me under your wing because it might not look good for you. But a lot of my successes, uh, you know. I, and I didn't want to niche you, but it leads me to my next question. Where would you niche yourself in the industry? I found you guys on T Nation, which was known mm-hmm. for like this hardcore powerlifty, obviously testosterone mm-hmm. bodybuilding. bodybuilding world. But then you guys worked with athletes and regular folks, but you yes. applied these principles of push, pull, squat, yeah. the basics, which to your point before of not wanting to get in the industry or, or, or feeling bad for people trying to do it now, that's, that's, it sucks. Yeah. You, you talk about deadlifts and everyone's got a voice on deadlifts that it's the worst thing or the best thing that ever come in the world where like none of these people have their own style of training because they haven't actually coached anyone, <laughs> but they have true. all this opinion going on. They've never worked. <laughs> I've worked in a commercial gym. I've owned a personal training studio. Obviously, we have Third Street here. Like I've worked in all these different things. So I've built a philosophy of my own. I've read all you guys, the Boyles, Cresties for now 15 years. Mm-hmm. To create my own methods, where would you fit yourself? Because that's why I was drawn to your guys' crowd. Where most people, I think, and even Syed, I, I never really asked Jordan, but you know, you guys are a sports performance, but you lay it down. I mean, I guess what CrossFit would want to be, right? They say they're they're for elite athletes, yeah. but then it's for the everyday person. Like in philosophy, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, but I believe in your guys' general philosophies, and that's how I train, and that's how I coach people. Is that kind of where? You are I, again. I don't want to niche you, but where would you put yourself, kind of in the? Industry? I mean, I think that's that's a pretty close explanation. Uh, certainly, when I was at Krusty Sports Performance, we were known, and they still are known as the 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 preeminent uh, baseball training for sure student or facility. You know, they mm-hmm. work with a lot of overhead athletes, and you know, even in my time there, I was there for eight years. We worked with not just baseball players. I mean, that's a misconception sometimes. Like we name a, name a sport, we worked with them. And, we, and, and you're correct that we, we also trained or worked with a lot of gen pop clients too. Um, currently, I would say 95% of my clients are just regular gen pop clients. And I actually prefer training gen pop clients. Uh, I, remember, I remember speaking at a, an NSCA event um, just outside Philadelphia a few years ago and I was talking to the crowd and I, I offhandedly mentioned how, you know, oh, okay, I, I used to be, I was a co-founder and I, I worked at Cressy Sports Performance, worked a lot of elite baseball players. It was great. There's a prestige factor there. Wonderful experience. Uh, now I run my own, my own gig out here in Boston. I work with regular people and I actually love training regular people. I actually prefer training regular people. You know, I just kind of offhandedly said it and just moved on with my presentation. Um, later on, fast forward a few hours, uh, there was a, a, a part in the day where all the presenters were just kind of like, we were totally like, could just kind of stand around and like be there. So then all the attendees could just come up and converse and ask questions. And I was standing there with Greg Knuckles. Uh, and I think maybe at least three people from my presentation came up to me, like their minds were blown. Like, hey, did you just say you, you actually prefer training? <laughs> gen pop clients over athletes like are, are you serious and i was like yeah like guess who pays the bills yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like 
guess I mean you look at the math of it all. There's 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 only a finite number of, of professional athletes out there, and there's an infinite amount of Gen Pop clients. And and the, my training style, you guys hit it on the head, is I like to kind of have my Gen Pop clients like tap into their inner athlete or their former athlete. And this is not to say that I'm doing very advanced stuff with them or or that I'm even training them close to how I would work with a, a, a major league baseball player. But they're still hinging and squatting and yeah, pushing right. stuff and throwing stuff and skipping. You know, I want them to be able to like be able to do stuff that is not just standing there in one place lifting a weight. So uh, and they appreciate that, that I, I kind of help them realize that they can they can do some pretty cool things and obviously get stronger and work on their mobility. Uh, and I think where myself and Eric and even Mike Robertson, where, where, where we were a good fit for T nation was like, we kind of took this meathead vibe, but weren't too meathead about it. So it's like, yeah, we want you to lift heavy stuff and it's cool to be strong, but you know, there, there, we also have to be cognizant of moving well you know, we're making sure that we, you know, like um, uh, improve our ranges of motion or at least maintaining them. And we, we want to be able to to experience a, a high amplitude of movement and not just be like a, a hinging terminator. Like there's other stuff we can do as well. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's funnily enough uh, at that time at T Nation, so circa 2007, 2008, 2009, whatever, you know, sometimes Chris Sugar and TC would get a little eye rolly with us because we'd submit an article on like, here's some really cool ways to improve your mobility so you can do this. And they'd be like, Oh, we don't need that. We want to just look, we just want to tell people to lift heavy stuff. Um, and now it's like, I see that they're, now they're, they're publishing a lot of rehabby articles. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, it's, it's just kind of funny that it's like at one point they're kind of getting a little eye rolly with us and they would still publish those articles. But, um, and now people understand like, Oh yeah, there's kind of something to that. Like you, we want, we want to perform well, but also, you know, not injure ourselves and get hurt. And how can we, how can we work around certain injuries? Like, yeah. and that's one thing I write about a lot currently now that I'm 45, uh, is like this Jesus idea of the, tra- the trainable sorry. menu. Yeah, I know. I know Jim 45. The, it was like crazy. What, <laughs> like, what the hell? Anyway, go on. And then the, I, I talk a lot now about this idea of the trainable menu. Uh, um, you know, you know, if you have a bum knee, a lower back shoulder, like we, you can work around this. Like, you, you can still be a badass in the gym and actually probably make some pr- decent progress and still uh, rehab what's injured, but then still get stronger with other stuff and, and not be like a Debbie Downer about it and be like, oh, I'm just going to watch Netflix for a month and just let just rest. Because to me, that is not a an appropriate answer for that. So um, I know I'm getting a little ranty, no, you're but uh, you're I'm just just flowing <laughs> no it's perfect into the question that I, I the one of the main ones i wanted to bring up today um because you so are, are so experienced um with some online stuff some in-person stuff some pro athlete stuff is that everything is cyclical right and especially the fitness industry we know history sure. tends to repeats itself and you talked about mobility being like cool for a while then not cool then injury rehab's cool then it's not cool um what i've noticed and be and you guys meeting is that like the beauty of the internet is that niches can become powerful yeah. Right. Like I'm the only guy that deadlifts at my commercial gym in 2007. So I start YouTubing around and that's how I found two nation. Right. I want to find someone else that knows what a deadlift is. Nowadays, those niches are much expanded and move much more rapidly. Right. Because like we said, the consumption of TikTok is insane. Mm-hmm. Instagram yeah. is so fast. And there's so many people wanting to gain a following because that's all kids care about. I, I don't know if I told you this, Jim. I was listening to the radio here in SAC and I think it was like our local uh, education board or something mm. talking and they're having like a career thing for these high schoolers and like don't quote me but I think it was like 50 to 60 percent of kids said their dream job is an influencer, influencer yeah I'm oh like 60 yeah. percent I said what what the fuck does that mean yeah what is an influencer <laughs> how do you plan exactly. to monetize that which is like it's cool if you want to say like I want to do online marketing via content mm-hmm. and build a business right if you have that in your brain sure that sounds you know, some steps right. we could take. Long-winded uh, question here. But uh, what I've noticed is we, I, I th- you probably knew, like, online, YouTube really took a big boom in kind of 2013, 2017, especially in the power if- powerlifting space. Um, I feel like even the early T-Nation space, when you were speaking, it was very aesthetic and bodybuilding space. Um, mm-hmm. You know, still like the Jay Cutler and all those guys were top dogs. What I'm noticing now is that um, people are, it, it rotated back around. Like everyone just wants to be pretty. They just want to be like pretty cut. 
Um, <laughs> have you noticed any of that for one question with your actual uh, clients? Because I see these niches right on TikTok and the, the, the cycle might not hit a regular person. Um, and then two, have you seen that with you, your writing and your forums and, and some of yeah. your uh, peers uh, maybe? I, I agree wholeheartedly. I also think it's very regional. Um, yeah, I find yeah, that I find that the because I, I I still do a lot of presenting now that now that we're kind of sort of coming out of the pandemic I'm I'm starting to present again and and every and when I do that I often tell the story of my buddy Ben Bruno who used who's from the East Coast he's from the Boston area the New England area yeah um, and he was working at uh, Boyle's when when I was at Cressy and you know we'd hang out often and he eventually moved out to California and started working with famous people and yep. um, I remember I remember him and I having a conversation when he was back in town visiting his family how he was kind of having a rough time with the transition because he would say okay so and so we are going to take that that straight barbell on the ground and we are going to lift it off the ground we're going to do a deadlift and they'd be like fuck no I'm do- I'm not doing that like are you crazy like I don't want to get big and bulky I could care less about like lifting heavy weight. I just want to look good. And, you know, but the, the funnily enough, what he would do, which is brilliant because he's kind of one of the first guys that I can think that popularized the landmine. Yeah. And I mean, certainly that it was around, I get it, but he, he, he started putting, he started highlighting, here's some cool movements we can do to the landmine. And I remember him saying like, all I did was I put that barbell into a landmine, put a weight on the other end of that landmine and have them do RDLs and yeah, they are functional. Deadlifting. And, like, yeah, and they're like, yeah. yes, I will do that. This <laughs> yeah. is great. This is so yeah. novel and new and exciting. Yeah. Hate um, it. <laughs> and, there's, and, and, and the East Coast, I always find, is still a little bit more of like the uh, grungy, uh, I want to I get after it. I just want to be strong type of vibe. And obviously out in the West Coast, when it's warmer weather, yeah. you know, the sun's out more. It's a little bit more aesthetic. I get it. So I, I do think it's still regional. Um, with me here in Boston, like I get... My, my clients are pretty self-selecting in that they, they're very familiar. Either they're, either they're a referral from a current client, of course, or they're, they're familiar with my work via my blog or have read stuff on Teenation. So they, when, they, when they seek me out, they know what they are getting themselves yeah. into. Like a lot of times I get people reaching out to me saying, hey, you know, I'm always, I love doing deadlifts, but I always mess up my back at some point. Could you take a look at it and maybe like audit my technique or, and I'm, or my squats? And I'm, of course, that, that is my bag. I will help you do that. Um, so with me, I, ha- I can only speak for me personally. I, I kind of live in this bubble of people who are a little bit more performance-based. Um, but there's always, there's always a nugget of people want to look good. But don't get me wrong. Like yeah. we all, we all want to look good. So, but I do think it is cyclical. Like certainly when CrossFit was very popular, you know, what, what do we say? I would say it peaked at what, maybe 2010, 2011, 2012-ish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, people started getting very aesthetic. Like, oh, I want to be ripped like a CrossFitter. But you, they, but then they also realized that in order to look that way, you have to train your ass off. Right, like, yeah. um, you're not you're not just doing these like foo-foo-y stuff in the gym. Like you are going to grab a barbell and, and lift somewhat heavy weight. So, um, yeah, I think I, I see these ideas um, – uh, these concepts being very cyclical, and I, and I will say I, I just joined my first commercial gym recently. I not by recently I mean this past fall, for the first time in at least twenty years, it, it very minimum, and probably probably even more than that. And I gotta say, I can think back to when you know nineteen or say nineteen ninety seven to two thousand when I was formerly part of a commercial gym like you. I was like the only one that was deadlifting yeah. and squatting and, and doing like what I deem pretty meathead stuff. Um, the gym that I go to now here in Boston, which is, which is very, right across the street from Boston University, actually, people are fucking getting after it. Yeah. Like I see a lot of people squatting, deadlifting, hip thrusting, male and female. Like there are so many women on the gym floor now that are just like lifting really heavy weight. And it's awesome. Like – it's really I, I, I feel like that is an Instagram and TikTok for thing. sure, like because they're just consuming that that is where they're getting their information, like whether they're watching Brett Contreras or whoever else on on, on Instagram or TikTok saying, hey, you know, if you want a butt that looks like this, you, you actually have to lift some significant weight here. Um, and I've noticed like it, it's way it's more acceptable now to be lifting heavy in quotes than it was. 15, 20 years ago, for sure. Yeah, we, we see that here, too. Um, 
you know, we don't advertise ourselves as a powerlifting gym exactly. We say it's a barbell gym. So we have people yeah. Olympic lifting and whatever yeah. here. But uh, most of our members are super self-directed about yeah. what they're mm-hmm. doing. They might have coaching or whatever, but, you know, we're we're from the powerlifting world, especially like when I started was in the, the geared era, um, it was always at a group. It's always a team of, of people lifting together and yep. our members can come in by themselves and just knock it out. And I, like, I don't know that I'm capable of that. And, yeah. and it's not as fun. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to be just all about it. And, and yeah, you do see them doing things that they must've picked up on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. Um, and but I even see people's technique. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I see eyewash out there too. Like it's yeah. hard, like I, I'm not the I'm not the type of person that get, is giving unsolicited <clears throat> advice at a commercial gym. I've never been that person. I have my headphones on like everyone else. I'm just kind of yeah. mind my own business. But as a coach, it's hard for me not to observe yeah. uh, other people training and not and not to observe the other trainers and what they're doing with their clients. Like some is good and some is eyewash. Um, yeah, but. I have to say, like, even when I'm watching people deadlift and I'm watching people back squat or front squat, whatever, I have to say even the technique is better now than, <laughs> yeah, than it was 15, 20 years ago. Like people are and, and, and don't get me wrong. Depth on a squat is arbitrary. I, I could give two shits like how deep somebody squats, but I'm really not seeing a lot of like half at like quarter squats like people are people are squatting pretty deep and they're maintaining a good a, a good um spinal position and mm-hmm. um it, it's really just different now i think it's it's much more accepted and socially um acceptable for people to be lifting some heavy weight and getting after it now than it was you know before instagram and tiktok became a, a very popular thing and we got into influencer mode that's um, the the one thing i hope that doesn't cycle and it seemed to stuck pretty good for maybe sure 12 years is that just the barbell yeah. yeah because like you know there's arnold days 60s 70s obviously before it's barbell free weight free weight then like 80s 90s come and all of a sudden there's www dot and everyone wants to make every piece of our lives techie and so then there's machines and techie machines mm-hmm. and obviously there's a place a great place and everyone's training regimen for some machines don't misquote me here but um for a second but, there like like from 2000 to 2010 at least when i was growing up in a commercial gym there was one squat rack and no one squatting yeah it's all machines it's all it's all pin loaded it's all these weird machines curves comes out with like a digital you know program for your machines like and again that probably has some some merit and might work great for some folks um but since then i've gone back to the same commercial i grew up in uh because it's right next to my mom's house when a visitor i'll grab a quick session and now they have four squat racks and now they have like 20 20 yards of turf and now they still have machines and whatever else and pilates and all these things have a role in in fitness and have a space for somebody's regimen but crossfit I think T Nation, guys like you and Boyle and everyone writing about the barbell and speaking about the barbell and how it kind of is made for everybody. Um, hopefully that sticks long term. Well, I, yeah, and I think it's funny. Every, every uh, start of the, every new year, inevitably I get contacted by an editor from some magazine or publication asking about fitness trends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we always and, do a podcast on them. And I, I get a little bit snarky because I'm like, barbells still work <laughs> dumbbells still work yeah you know i'm sorry but i'm not and i agree with you that there there's some really cool tech stuff out there one yeah. of which that i consulted with not recently I'm, I'm not and and like there's a time and place for that stuff and people geek out about it and it, it provides access to fitness great um but even even the company that i've been consulting with emphasizes using barbells and dumbbells and like mm-hmm. deadlift and then from there like Like me, my personal coaching philosophy is like, yes, I want people deadlifting. I want people squatting. I want people bench pressing using the barbell. My job as their coach now is to find the appropriate variation for them to keep them safe and to keep them getting progress. So, you know, I... I am not married to a conventional deadlift. Like most of my clients use a trap bar for their deadlifting. It's yeah. still, they're still lifting it off the ground, but they're just in a more back friendly, they're doing a more back friendly variation. Um, a lot of my clients use a safety squat bar for their back squats. Uh, I have a multi-purpose bar for, for a lot of the bench pressing. Um, so, you know, you know, finding the appropriate variation 
uh, for, for my clients. I mean, that, of course, is what we do assessment for. But they're still using a barbell. <laughs> and, but, uh, and I'm just trying to get them in as safe, um, as safe of a, um, a position as possible to be successful with those lifts. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't think this trend is going to go, is going to falter anytime soon. I think it, you know, I think it's here to stay, thankfully. Um, but you know, who, who's to say, I mean, we also didn't think we'd have be talking on like video chats like this, like 25 years ago. So I don't know, like who, who knows what's going to (laughs) change. Throwing it way back, remembering, uh, Eric and, and Mike Robertson, spending a lot of, of, uh, of digital space on mobility work and rehabilita- rehabilitation yeah. exercises, all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, years before Kelly's threat, and we know really well, turns it into, you know, mobility wad and now the yeah. ready state and just it turns it into a whole, like that's their whole business. Yeah. Marketing empire. Yeah. Yeah, coaching just for re- prehab. Yeah, exactly. Which sounds yeah. insane kind of when you say it, but... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would never have guessed that that was going to be the case. Let me go back a little bit, or actually way back. When when we were all meeting on those forums, were you teaching? Uh, no, I was I was student teaching. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so yeah. I was I was finishing my degree, and I I was I, I I was doing my student teaching in a high school placement and middle school placement, and I that was like the fork in the road of my career. It was like when I because yeah. when I graduated school, it was either. Uh, I actually, I also had to do an internship for my, my concentration, which was being, which was at a corporate fitness center. So okay. I was like, okay, continue down that road, become a personal trainer or go, go into teaching, uh, which my, it would have been health. I would have been a health teacher. Okay. Um, so, uh, thankfully the, where, where I did my internship, they hired, they had a job opening right away. Mm-hmm. So they, they hired me right when I finished my internship. So I went right into corporate fitness and that 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 was that was my that was where, that's where it all started. Um, and I and I no 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 idea that I'd be doing what I do right now, like in terms of like traveling the world and presenting and writing for people and writing my own stuff and putting out products. Uh, if you would if 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 there was a time machine and telling me back then this is what I'd be doing now, like I'm going to London next week. We were talking about right. that before we got on like if you're hey tony you're you're going to be presenting in london and australia and germany and canada and this and i've been like fuck off like now you're going to tell me i'm going to marry jennifer lopez or something like come on get out of here and it's just um it's just crazy to think that um what started as like yeah you know i like lifting and you know i think uh you know wearing sweatpants to to work every day is kind of cool i think i'm going to do that rather than be a teacher um however giving myself a little bit of credit I did take it upon myself, though those forums are where I did a lot of learning, Jim. So yeah. when, I w- when I was at that corporate fitness gym during the downtimes of the gym, I was on those forums not, yeah, there was, of course I was, I was fooling around and like, you know, joking around with people, but I was on there learning. I was going on Teen Nation and reading every article mm. and going on Rugged Mag and reading those articles and learning in the forums. And, you know, I, I really took it upon myself to become a better, more informed coach. Uh, not to mention actually coaching people in real life is, is of course a way of learning as well. Who would have thought, uh, huh? Yeah. yeah Say weird. that one again. Um, for so, the people in the back, you know, those forums were really the early, my, I, I would argue it was probably really when I started to learn, to be honest, like, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like my, my academic curriculum, you know, in terms of exercise physiology and nutrition. And I mean, of course you, you learn stuff. It doesn't stick. Like mm-hmm. I don't remember jack shit. I mean, like once I was in front of my first client, I was like, uh, okay, let's, uh, let's do some seated rows. Let's do, uh, like, uh, I don't know what the hell I did. Um, <laughs> but it was really those forums and then learning about certain books I should be reading and et cetera, that, that I, that I really, I, I, but I was, I was proactive in that. And yeah. certainly, you know, being around individuals like, I mean, again, luck as luck would have it, you know, Eric and I ended up becoming roommates for two years and we ended up working in the same gym and then we started a gym together. And, you know, and that it just, it just, it just blossomed into a pretty cool career. So, um, I guess a little bit of a pat on the back on me, but certainly I, I don't consider myself again, an influencer or any, or that big yeah. of a deal. Like I often joke, like, you know, I say Eric is like a, like a George Clooney, Ask, uh-huh. like you know, and the and I'm like a Clive Owen. 
You know, it's like, like, you know, like a guy that's like, he's a, he's a really, you know, people know who he is. He's been in some cool stuff and people are like, he's won a few awards, but he's, it's not, he's not George Clooney. Um, so, uh, you know, but it's, it's, it's all in good fun. And it, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, yeah, I don't know where we're going with that, but, uh, <laughs> well, like, I know where I'm going because I, I I I remember a late night conversation that you and I had, and I'm sure you had the same conversation with a bunch of different people about whether or not you should move to Boston and uh, and yeah, start yeah. working there. And I, like I couldn't have predicted at all where you ended up, but I knew you weren't mm-hmm. going to starve. You know, I mean, right, right, <laughs> yeah. Is uh, yeah, I think I think what ended up happening is I was I was working in Syracuse, yeah, uh, at, a, at a variety of gyms there, and then Eric. Eric graduated from UConn, got a right. job in Connecticut, and then he was encouraging me. It's like, hey, this gym I work at now—they're looking for a new trainer. I think I think you should yeah. you should look into it. Um, and then I, when I went out and they interviewed me and they offered me the job, I think that's when I was like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. And because I, I like a lot of people, I like my comfort zones, and yeah. I don't like leaving my comfort zones. And that was going to be a big exiting out of my comfort zone. Um, and that was where, that was the scenario too, where I had to tell, Hey, uh, mom, dad, I, I, I met this guy on the internet. I'm moving to Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. Like again, yeah. strange. Yeah. 2000, yeah, a lot of 2000, questions 2003. That's a little weird. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it, it, it ended up working well. Cause like Eric and I were there for about a year and that, then after that we moved to Boston. Right. Um, okay, and by right. then, yeah, I knew, you know, I, and I moved to Boston without a job. Like Eric, you know, a buddy of ours opened up a separate gym. They asked Eric to come coach there. He was set. I was like, well, fuck it. I don't have anything keeping me in Connecticut. I'll go to Boston. Um, I'll, I'm pretty sure I'll probably find a job there. I know what I'm doing. Uh, and, and then I got a job at a, a, a swanky commercial gym in, in the city, downtown Boston. And I was only there for a little under a year because then right after that is when we opened up Cresty Sports Performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then from there, that, that's when everything really took off once, yeah, once that- we had that. Such an influential business because I don't know anybody in the in the, the the athlete world, the baseball world in particular, who doesn't know about Cressy Performance. Yeah, and Pete. And, I mean, giving credit where it's due, Pete Dupuy is a big component of that. You know yeah. what, what? Where? You know, especially in the initial stages of that of that gym. You know, Eric and I had a little bit of a leg up in that he he already had a pretty big following. Mm-hmm. Oh, and when we and I just started writing for Teenation, so I was kind of getting my feet in the industry too. And when we opened up Cressy Sports Performance, where we made the the decision to do so, Eric, where the facility he was at, he, we were going to have like thirty people right out of the gate, like come yeah. right over to there. Um, and then, and not to mention Pete, we we he was the business guy, so he was yeah. going to be the guy who's going to be in charge of taking calls and doing the bookkeeping and scheduling. And so then Eric and I could just be coaches. Um, right. So that, you know, not, not many gyms in, uh, upon initially opening have that in their back pocket. They have like a dedicated business guy to say, I'm going to be the guy that's going to do that. You guys go coach. Um, so that, that was a big leg up on what we had when we, when we initially opened. We here in Sacramento we have um, Hyper Thrive Athletics, and uh, I think that Joe was at at, at Cressy yeah, so for too. a little while. Uh, Joe Grinstein. Um, I don't. I don't. He must have been after me. He may have been maybe. after yeah, you. I think yeah. fairly recent. Maybe yeah. Even. Joe's yeah. not even yeah. that old. Yeah. yeah. And then Amadeo went for like a week or something. Amadeo Novella, who has uh, Capital Sports Performance here, who co- he coaches a lot of. Uh, uh, the team alpha male UFC guys uh, on strength and conditioning uh, went in and cause I, I remember, uh, I remember when Cresty sports performance opened, you guys sent me a t-shirt, which was super cool. And yeah. then, and then Amadeo went, uh, uh, while well, we were actually all in this building, I think, and he brought me back another one. So I still have the second one. I don't know what happened. So when I open up my expanded facility later this year, I'll have to send you an updated, uh, it's going to be called Core Collective. It's called Core now. It's going to be changing to Core Collective, and I'll have to send you that T-shirt. That'd be awesome. Thanks for putting the pressure on Jim. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, be sure to send. I see what you're doing we'll, there. We'll <laughs> send you one of ours here too. Um, so I, you were t- you alluded to the fact that a few years ago you you um, uh, branched off by yourself and left uh, Cressy. What was the that experience like? Because you were talking about like having having somebody handle all the all of the business crap, so you could just uh, 
coach and yep. you know having a lot of of different kinds of uh of of clients and then going on your own and and just having to absorb all of that yourself what was yeah. that like so we're talking this is about 2015 is when i left crusty sports performance uh leaning up to that probably the year or two leading up to that i started getting thoughts in my mind about okay what what is going to be the next chapter or the next page mm-hmm. in my career um because at that point i've been there for six seven eight years i just met my my soon-to-be wife you know we and we ended up getting we got married in 2015 so eventually she and i were started talking about okay what do we want to do as as a couple she's a psychologist um mm-hmm. and actually has her has her she's doing actually a lot of things in the fitness industry as a psychologist um so it just got to the point where I just spent the last eight years kind of building my brand underneath the umbrella of Cressy Sports Performance, which was great. I you know again my blog, presenting, doing digital products, you know, like growing my brand underneath that branch was great. Um, but then, truthfully, I, I I had reached like kind of like the the top tier of my earning potential as a coach at the facility. Um, so an opportunity arose where there was a, an individual you got, yeah, I think you guys are probably familiar with John Goodman um, of the PDDC personal trainer development center. Okay, um, yeah. He, he was in Boston for some event. He was staying at my place and I was kind of talking about, Hey, I'm thinking about leaving CSP and kind of doing my own thing. Um, and I, and, and it wasn't that long prior to that, that I, I wrote an article on my blog saying, I never want to own a gym. I, that's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> I, I, I am not a business person. I'm more, I'm a technician. I like just being a coach on the gym floor, being a coach. And when I leave, I leave. That's my responsibilities are done. Um, but an opportunity came up where, where John was reached out by an individual that was in my, in my neighborhood who's seeking somebody to sublet her space. So when she wasn't using it, she was, a an orthopedic surgeon who was on some sort of sabbatical and she was, uh, her specialty was with runners and she was kind of like training runners, doing some PRI stuff and, you know, kind of training some runners in this small studio space. But she was looking for somebody to use it when she was not using it. Mm -hmm. So I met up with her and her studio ended up being a mile from my apartment. (laughs) And (laughs) I was like, you know, I'm interested so long as you're cool with me, like bringing in a power rack and some barbells and some, like, I need some weights here. Like I can't, yeah. Like she had like a treadmill, like a smattering of kettlebells and, you Some know, bands. like a stapler. Like it was like, OK, yeah. uh, I need a little <laughs> yeah. bit more than this. Um, yeah. And she was cool with it. And um, so and I announced that uh, that I was going to be doing this and that I was going to be leaving Cressy Sports Performance. And because of my reputation in and around Boston and regionally, like I had like 20 people out of the gate ready to like train me right out of the gate. So it was a lot less daunting because I wasn't starting from zero. Right. It was like, okay, I, I had a nice influx of people, which which goes to show like it takes all those years I spent writing my ass off and coaching, you know, building a brand, like uh, rapport with people, relationships, being engaging, not being a not being a jerk. Like it paid off because like when I said, hey, I'm opening this place in, in, in Brookline, Massachusetts here in Boston, who wants to train to me? I had a bunch of people say, hey, I do. I want to come in. Um, so that worked out well. It made it a lot less daunting. Um, in that same span, uh, I had recruited another trainer for her to u- to use the space even more. Um, and then eventually she was like, you know what, I probably six months down the road, she's like, I'm not renewing the lease. I will punt this to you if you want it. And that, that's when I was like, uh, I don't know if I'd want to. Uh, uh. And so I, I put pen to paper, did the math. Um, and I said, well, assuming uh, the other coach that I recruited that was working, that was subletting under her stayed. And I, I kept all my clients. I would be making money rather than paying rent. Mm. Uh, so then I was like, fuck yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a no-brainer. Um, so for the past six, seven years, I've been running my own business out of this small training studio here in Brookline um, where I, I do the semi-private model. So similar to what we did at Krusty Sports Performance where we have athletes kind of doing their thing on the gym floor and our coaches kind of meandering around doing what I would call coaching triage. So like, okay, we'll fix a deadlift there, fix a med ball throw there. It, that's, that's what I'm doing, but with Gen Pop. So I'm, I'm working with anywhere from two to four people at the same time, working off their own program. I'm coaching them up. We're listening to 90s hip hop. 
and we're just getting after it. That, I mean, it's that's it's like weird if someone walks in and there's not 90s hip hop playing. They're like, what's going on? <laughs> um, and in that, that time, I, I, I've had upwards of five other coaches subletting the space when I'm not there. And it's a tiny space. It's 500 square feet. So it's not very big. There can only be one coach there at a time. And there's a, there's a, there's a, um, we use a team up calendar. So there's a calendar that we share. So we know who has it booked when, um, and that's what I've been doing for the past seven years. And I'm transitioning to a larger footprint uh, later on this year to a 3,200 square foot facility where the idea is to build out office space for physical therapy. My wife is going to be bringing her psychotherapy private practice to the same cool. spot. Oh, nice. um, and then also, you know, the idea is to have several coaches using the space and not only that simultaneously um, and just kind of running their own show. Like I'm, they're still going to be subletting, um, but I, I really feel there's a there's a market or a um, um, a, um, uh, a service for trainers out there who are kind of sick of being under the thumb of the commercial gym, for but sure. maybe don't have the means of like opening up their own facility. So I was like, I will be that person. Like you can you use a little bit of my name recognition. This is Tony Juncor's gym. You know, there's going to be people coming in. Uh, and I want you to thrive. I want you to run your own show, charge what you want to charge, you know, but I get to vet all the coaches that use the space. I mean, it's my space. So, right. um, so yeah, I, I you know, it, it's worked. The, the model has worked for the past seven years. Um, and the idea is that it will work <laughs> with, a, uh, with, a, with more square footage and obviously more overhead. Um, but um, I'm fingers crossed that I, I, I've done my math well and I've prepared well. Um, <laughs> But what I think what's different is that, you know, I, I, I'm still not really that entirely sold on being a gym owner because I don't want to manage employees. I just right. I just don't yeah. want any realm in that. So this idea of like independent contractors subletting um, has worked very well for me. And, and don't get me wrong. When I first started the model, I had colleagues of mine give me warning signs like, hey, you might want to be careful about this. I've had this happen. I've had this happen. Um, thankfully, I've not had any issues because you know, at one point, just to give you an idea, I had I had five coaches, three of which were either former interns or employees of Cressy Sports Performance. Mm -hmm. So I know the caliber of coaches that I want there. They don't have to be an exact replica of me or or, or follow me philosophically, but they got to be pretty close. Like, yeah, I, that was gonna I, be my know, next question: uh, is where's that like line drawn? You know, because that is a big decision when you start to be a business owner versus uh, just providing a service or being an employee is you have these lines and it, it goes for anything from TikTok all the way to writing all the way to yep. any aspect of, all right, I need results, meaning money or views or whatever. In your case, in this instance, you need subleases, you need money, yep. right? And yep. who knows? Yep. Maybe all your trainers are so good, they all leave in a month. And they get open their own place, right? That's the cyclical nature of fitness. Where do you draw the line of uh, qualified or vetting these coaches? Are you going to let in, you know, something that you think maybe isn't the best, most knowledgeable person, but you got to pay the rent? And, and yeah, how do you draw that line as a, I as mean, a business I can't, owner? You know, I can't be uh, that naive to think that that won't happen at some point. Um, I mean, and right now, all the coaches that are with me now are going to follow me there. And they've been there, some of which have been there for three, four, five years with me. So, yeah. um, you know, I feel like, first of all, I think like I'm treating them fairly. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not there to nickel and dime them and make as much money off them as possible. I, I legitimately want them to be successful. And, but, they, but there is an understanding that, okay, we're moving into this larger space. My overhead is going up. Yeah. Like prices are going to be going up, fellas. Sorry. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's just the nature of the, of the beast. Um, but you know, I, I've, uh, in, in terms of like how I'm going to vet, um, other fitness professionals who might want to use the space, uh, you know, a year from now, two years from now. Um, thankfully Boston is a very, um, uh, infested, robust, uh, area for quality, uh, coaches and trainers and physical therapy. Um, and because I have a reputation here, you know, I don't want to sound, you know, pompous or anything, but I, I feel like name recognition does bode in my favor where I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just by organically, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to recruit some pretty good coaches that are, that are going to be interested. Cause, cause honestly, if, if they're reading my stuff and they're reading Eric and they're, they're familiar with that work, they're probably pretty good. And yeah, yeah, does yeah. that make sense? 
Yeah, um, I mean, you you hope so, and I would like to think the same about my content over the last decade. Yeah. But there's someone but, that comes up and looks me in the eye and says something uh, and crazy. I'm like, well, we don't agree there, kid. Like, <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? You know? So like, there's always instances, and 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 this question can be scaled all the way down to your writing. Yeah. You know, if you talk about deadlifts being bad for your back, you're going to get more clicks. But you don't think deadlifts are bad for your back, right? And that's obviously just one random example on the top of my head. So like. Because these are conversations I have with my own psycho self every night, all night, right? Like, I could do this YouTube video or I could fucking yep. hop on a cycle and, and, and you know, document it for 30 days and my YouTube's going to fucking rock. Or <laughs> I don't want to do that and I'm just going to be myself and get less views or whatever it might be. Yeah. An egotistical thing that we've gone over here, it too, is uh, not hiring coaches because I don't want to micromanage them but i want them to be of caliber of what i think i am as a coach so we just yeah. don't have any coaches because i don't want to play that game and i don't trust people <laughs> you know yeah well we, uh, we... also was, was there was a scenario i wanted it was before covid where um a trainer from equinox reached out to me and was like hey i heard that you sublet space i'd be interested in using it um and i and i i've gotten good at like even even via email getting a vibe of people like how they write and I, I had a vibe. I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. And so I reached out to my to one of the other my, my friend who's a good friend of mine, but was also worked at the same Equinox. Said, hey, so and so reached out to me, and then asking about using space. And, and he was like, no, fuck that. Like, don't do it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I kind of got that thought. I kind of got that feeling. <laughs> so you know, and I feel like I feel like the the the, the coaches that are with me now. Um, are 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 going to be able to help me vet that too because like the the concept of this new gym is a collective like we are yeah, yeah. we're kind of like there's definitely going to be some cross pollination of not necessarily clients but we are going to what I miss about being at Cresty Sports Performance is being around the other coaches on the gym floor mm. like and be able to like mm. talk shop and like hey I have yeah. this what would you do with this scenario like I miss that and at, at, at the new space that is going to come back like there I'll be coaching my clients. The other coaches be coaching their clients, um, and there's going to be like this this collective of, of fitness professionals, kind of like helping each other out. Um, so again, maybe I'm being naive, but uh, you know, I think the quality of coaches that I'll be able to vet to go to to use the space, I think they're going to weed themselves out um, organically because they're you know if, if there's I just but who knows maybe four years down the road, like two of my coaches leave, I need to, I need to fill in the space. It's like okay, come on in. You know, like yeah, yeah. like uh, but then but then maybe there there'll be some kind of like mentorship situation there um where it's just like okay you know you, you're gonna come in uh here's the deal here are the parameters we're working here but we're, we're, there, we're gonna have some kind of like mentorship here yeah a little shadow um, week or something. yeah so I, that so that might have to come into play but uh, i guess i'll i guess i'll cross that bridge if, if, if i have to go if it if it comes up yeah the the, the building that we're in now we were um uh, we were here as part of another gym. We were here as part of super training. Uh, and then the building became available. But back when we were here, it was just basically just part of the of, of this facility. And uh, so many trainers came through here. And that... Some amazing ones. Yeah, some amazing and ones. Some, some not so some amazing. Not yeah. so yeah. amazing ones. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. And it's spawned, let me, what, four or five other gyms yep. in, in Sacramento. Yep. Um, from former and, former coaches yep. that were working out of your space, yeah, 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 yep. you know, before before us, and but the thing that we saw a lot was that they would develop their clientele and they would leave and they would take a bunch of membership with them when they yep. went. And that, yeah, we didn't know the back end business either. Yeah. Like who knows? But I, I think that's normal everywhere. You know, that's yeah. how I opened yeah. my first facility in 2010 is I trained at a commercial gym and I coached high school basketball. Right. And then you get enough people that are like, no, I like this gym's fine, but I like Mike. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay, well then why don't I rent a space? I'll crunch some numbers and oh, well, it makes much more sense for, for the commercial gym not to take 60% of my income. Right. <laughs> yeah. The model that we're using right now, now is now we have. Fellas, now you're scaring me. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. No, it's all it, there. But, but uh, I think your mentality is good, too. Uh, you know, not that I'm some business guru. I don't know shit. But like, yeah, you cross that bridge when you get there. Maybe, maybe you do lower the standard, you know, for a couple months. Like, oh, I'll let a little fucking basu ball gremlin in here for a little while. And if he only likes to use basu balls, we'll throw him in the corner. And it is what it is. Like, uh, you know, you wiggle around. It's 
stretch out all your uh, all your bands, yeah. um, resisting against people, somebody who's running in place and who knows what, and yeah, following I mean, them around. I mean, and, don't get me wrong. Like some of the certainly the coaches that are with me now, or anyone that that come there in the future, yes, if they want to go ahead and leave, by all means, right. you know, I, I can't stop them. Um, but but I also know that uh, rent and real estate's pretty ex- very expensive. Yeah, Boston ain't cheap, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, and I was like, you know, good luck have, you know, like, it's been great. Like, yeah. uh, I wish you well, like, you know, but, um, no, I, 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 again, I, I'm hoping that because I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty fair person, you know, I do want, I do want them to do well. Um, and that, that, that it is going to be like a, a, a community, um, type of vibe to the, to the, uh, to the space itself, you know, because there's going to be physical therapy and nutrition and, you know, yeah. we're, 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 there's going to, in that, in that aspect, there's going to be some, some sharing of, of clients, of course. For sure. So, um, I think if everyone does well and is happy, hopefully, you know, they stay, but you know, if, again, if I, I, I can't predict the future, you know, I can't predict if God forbid another, you know, pandemic happens, like I, I don't yeah. want to think about it, but, um, I don't think about you know, Mark Fisher, I remember, I remember a few years ago, Pete and I were, were in New York city um, for a Mark Fisher event, they, 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 for two years, they did like this, uh, really cool, um, weekend, uh, speaking engagement workshop where they, they brought in a bunch of coaches and we talk about stuff, then we'd workshop it, like actually workshop it. Mm. Um, and I remember at that point, um, Mark's apartment was above Mark Fisher fitness. Like the gym was on the first floor like he lived above it. And mm. I remember Pete and I, going up the elevator, walking into the apartment and into the back room. And it was Mark Fisher, Michael Keeler, the other co-founder. And at that point, uh, Brian Patrick Murphy, who was one of the kind of like the senior trainers there. And they were kind of in this meeting, a pretty serious meeting, um, basically talking about worst case scenarios. Like, okay, if this happened, what do we do? If this happened, what do we do? If this happened, what do we do? Um, and they have they had it like scripted like on paper like here's like here's how we would approach this scenario this scenario this scenario um and i remember pete thinking to himself shit like we should probably do something like that <laughs> like at crusty sports <laughs> performance like what happened if you know you or eric got in a car accident and we and like you know you guys can't coach or what happened if you know like the building flooded or what happened like who knows what happened to the pandemic you know like yeah. um so you know, there's going to be my wife and I are going to sit down at some point, I'm sure, and, and figure that out. Like, OK, if, if we have a, a coach who's paying pretty routine rent or, or subletting rent and, and he or she leaves at some point, how are we going to fill in that, you know, that gap? You know, is it mm-hmm. oh, is it requ- is it requiring like a, a month of rent up front? So there, there's, there's a 30 right. there's a 30 day like leeway, like, hey, you pay this this last month's rent up front. It's just going to be put into this separate account. I'm not going to touch it. It's there. So when eventually, if or when you do leave, that is my 30 day buffer to, yeah. you know, try to pick up that slack, um, right. you know, of, of a coach leaving. You know, so that that's one idea that I put in. Um, so yeah, we'll have. We'll. I'm sure we'll come up with some other scenarios, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we won't have to do that too often. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, it's it's been un, uncertain times because we we opened here like in the heart of the pandemic we opened yeah. in, in november of 2020 we got the keys in june of 2020 and at Awful. that point it's like yeah. oh it's you know a couple of weeks things will be better a couple of months things will be better a couple of years yeah. and yeah you know it, we we wouldn't as as much effort as i tried to put into figuring out the financial scenarios nothing has conformed at all yeah. so yeah yeah, I'm so. hoping. Yeah, I hope we, we. I'm hoping this is our generational like, oh fuck moment. <laughs> yeah, uh, and like, we'll, but we'll see. <laughs> and that there are brighter times ahead. Yeah. Um, uh, we have probably taken enough of your time today. Oh, this is for a great today. chat. No, this is great. We we could we could keep talking forever, but um, uh, we'll just have you back. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I got yeah, I gotta I gotta go pick up my little guy at daycare soon. So yeah, but uh, but no, this is great. I love talking shop. I love it when it's just like going, going, going freestyle. I'm, I'm all about it. 
Awesome. Um, where can people find you and follow you and all that? That's that would be my name. So TonyJohnacore.com. And that's uh that's the blog, that's social media. Um my 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 website is in, is in dire need of a of a facelift. Uh I'm working on it. <laughs> it's been the same website, I think since 2014 now. Uh <laughs> So at some point I'm going to be updating it because um, then I, I also have to add in a landing page for the new site or for the new oh, gym yeah. on there. Um, but but yeah, that's 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 where like podcast appearances and all my blogs and all my articles and social media is on there. Awesome, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Give us yeah. a rating review. New show every Wednesday and Friday. 3sb.co. I'm Silent Mike, where you want to find me. Yep, and uh, check out this latest drop. We got uh, some new stuff coming very, very soon. I am at the Jim McD on all the social media, and this show is 50% facts, where percent is a word and 50 is just numbers. And you can go to the website, join our Discord for free, talk to us offline, uh, online, offline, I guess. Maybe. Uh, off air, online. Off, uh, thank you so yeah, much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is oh, great. That was great. Yeah, that was great. It was good to catch up, Jim.